Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you're here today. Praise God. Let's take our Bibles and look at a verse in Isaiah chapter 10. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings today, but I want you to see something special that maybe you haven't noticed before. And it's the very famous verse 27, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And I want you to consider something as we look at this verse before we receive the tithes and offerings today. Praise God. Okay. Verse 27, it shall come to pass in that day. If you have a highlighter, like a yellow or blue highlighter, whatever color that you like, take that and underline that verse, but highlight, especially that part where it says in that day, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Praise the Lord. Now, again, that phrase that uh, says in that day. Now, some translations also say they, they say it just a little bit different. They say it shall come to pass on that day. The Berean translation says on that day. New American Standard Bible says on that day. The Christian Standard Bible says on that day. The Holman version, one of my favorites, says on that day. The uh, New Revised Standard Version says on that day. And New American Standard Bible, on that day. Uh, so we have the phrase in that day or on that day. So this is what I want to point out to you. And this is what the Holy Spirit has been emphasizing to my heart uh, recently over the last week and so forth. That on that one day, in other words, within a 24 hour time period is all it takes for God to completely set you free now because we're we are receiving the tithe and offering today. I want you to think about that in the context of being set free from debt in one day on that day. See the verse is about freedom, the burden coming off the yoke being destroyed and you're free in this context from the Assyrians that are pressing very hard towards Jerusalem with a mighty army. And it looked like there's no way we're going to beat these guys. They've conquered everybody in their path and they are unstoppable. But within one day, one day, God removed the burden. The context of, would be the Assyrians who were plaguing them, not only now by wanting to besiege Jerusalem and kill everybody in the city, but even before that, the Jewish people were subjugated as a defeated nation to the conquering power of Assyria. And Sennacherib was a very brutal dictator overlord, and he extracted heavy taxation upon the people still living in the land of Israel. So they were extremely oppressed. But you know what? It wasn't enough for Sennacherib. He just says, you know, I'm going to go down there. And I'm just going to kill them all. <laughs> so he starts capturing cities. Any opposition? Uh, he would make brutal examples of you. And uh, 
the Assyrian army, you even actually read about examples of their soldiers in their ancient literature of how their soldiers suffered what we would call some of the early cases of PTSD, post-trauma stress disorder, because their means of brutality were so evil and wicked, it actually uh, affected the ones that were doing it to the people that they were conquering. They would take captives. Sometimes they would flay them. In other words, take all the skin off of them uh, in strips while they're still alive. Of course, you can't survive that for too long, but they would do it. They were very evil. They would take civic leaders like the mayor or your elders of your city. They would capture your city and they take your leaders and they would strip all their clothes off naked and impale them on stakes while they're still alive as a witness to all of the others better not resist us. So they were very, uh, very horrible. And you can see that, Oh, that's a burden. And yes, that is a yoke. But in one day God handled them. And I'm here today telling you that in one day, God can remove the burden and destroy the yoke of debt off of your life. You better believe it because it's the Bible truth. Praise God. Mm-mm. I say this on the authority of scripture that in one day, God could set you debt free in one day on that day, on that day or in that day, in that 24 hour time period. Well, now hold on, Pastor Stephen. God needs 18 years. No, God, God doesn't need 18 years. He don't need, doesn't even need 18 minutes, <laughs> but let's just, let's make it easy for God. He can do it all in one day. Okay. He can set anybody free in one day. Now there are various biblical principles for steady progress, such as systematically paying down your debt until it is eventually paid off and gone. And uh, you just, you just keep paying it down and paying it down. But we, in this hour of God's miracle power, that's flowing so strong. We must also be open for God to step in and do unusual means of deliverance, even within a 24 hour time frame. Now there would be those that, uh, and there's always some that they tried to spiritualize everything. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, like nothing's literal. You know, if the Bible says that God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh, then they say, oh, those weren't literal days and on and on they go. And uh, these are the people that always, you know, uh, they're, they're just doubting really God's power, God's ability and his word. But let's just take a look because perhaps somebody might say that, well, Pastor Stephen, that's just being meta metaphorical. Uh, he doesn't really deliver in one day. Well, let's find out in this context, the people of Israel, uh, the people of Judah, because everybody else has already pretty much gone into captivity. The only ones that are surviving and left have all fled to Jerusalem with its fortified walls. And they're hoping they can hold out. And uh, it's not looking good though. They're vastly outnumbered and, uh, and everything else, but they're there. And so what happened in the context of this verse where it says it shall come to pass in that day that basically there's going to be deliverance because of the power of the anointing. What, what actually happened? Did it take God 18 years to uh, somehow deliver them and get that burden off and that yoke off? Well, let's find out. Praise the Lord. And since we have asked this question, is this literally one day? Let's let the Bible answer the question. And we can see this by going to the same book, Isaiah 
chapter 37 and drop down to verse 36. Then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when people arose in the morning, there were all the corpses all dead. All those soldiers, all of those arrogant, pompous military generals and leaders, and all those soldiers with their sharp swords and spears just ready to stick them, and uh, all those arrows and ready to fly. All the guys are now dead. Woo, dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home, and remained at Nineveh. Now there is a famous uh, historical, archaeological artifact in the British Museum. And next time I go to London, I want to go see it. And it's actually, the, uh, it's like a stone carving. It's only about that tall. And it's got carving on each side all around it. And it's the historical records written by Sennacherib himself. And he talks about how he came down into the land that we know as Israel and, be conquer and began to conquer all of these uh, cities of, of Israel. And he said, I shut up the king of Judah. I shut him up like a bird in a cage. And then the story ends on this famous artifact because uh, he never tells about what happened next, which, which was all of his men got killed. He never tells about, well, I shut him up, but I couldn't do anything else. I had to turn around and leave. <laughs> so, so you get the full story right here. Praise the Lord. And the truth is, is that he left because he got wiped out when in one night in one night, woo, think about it in one 24 hour period, God can set you free. Now watch this again in second Chronicles 32. Here's uh, the Chronicles of the Kings. And this is another uh, angle of what took place during that event. Second Chronicles 32 verse 20. Now because of this, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. Then the Lord sent an angel who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader, and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned shamefaced to his own land. And when he had gone into the temple of his God, some of his own offspring struck him down with the sword there. Two of his own sons killed him. My friends, this is very, very interesting. By the way, when he went back to his homeland, he didn't die immediately. It was a few years later, historically, that he went back and then he was killed. So he actually had time for, you know, one of his carvers and one of his librarians or historians to carve this into the rock as he dictated to them what he wanted to, uh, to be said. And uh, then shortly thereafter, he was killed. But my friends... It is important that we understand that with the, with the people of Jerusalem, that the burden of the Assyrians and all the taxation and intimidation and being slapped around all the time and the yoke and the yoke of just, you, you know, they had them yoked down like crazy. You couldn't do anything without uh, the Assyrian permission. Well, it's gone. And one day 
it's gone. It's over with. And even as Isaiah prophesied to King Hezekiah, he said that king is going back. He's going to be struck down by the sword in his own land by his own sons. That's exactly what happened. And you're never going to see him ever again. He's done. And, he, and Isaiah's prophesying all of this while it looks like they're all about to be killed. <laughs> but it's the word of the Lord. Amen. And so my friends, God can deliver completely in one day, literally within a 24 hour time period in a literal 24 hours, God can deliver you. Now, very quickly go back to Isaiah 10. We're about to receive the tithes and the offerings. Isaiah 10 verse 27. And let's read this in a context where many of you need help in this particular area. Let's read it like this. And it shall come to pass in that day. Okay. In this 24 hour time period or on that day. Okay. On one day, it shall come to pass in that day that your financial burden will be taken away from your shoulder and your yoke of debt from your neck and the yoke of debt will be destroyed because of the anointing because of God's power, the moving of his spirit in your life. And this is a yoke that's not just broken. This is a yoke that's destroyed and you will never know debt ever again. Praise God. Now, All I'm asking for you to do today is to believe this. And right now, if you believe it, say, I receive it. Praise God. Now, of course, continue to apply biblical principles. Uh, Honor the Lord with your tithe. 10% of all of your uh, increase, all of your income, it belongs to the Lord. And as the Holy Spirit leads, so special seed. Give an offering. Praise the Lord. And also, uh, pay your bills on time and any debts, pay them down, pay them down until they're gone. So let's work principles. Okay. But I also want you to be open to know that God can in one 24 hour period strike every debt that you have and cause them all to be paid off. Praise God. And you need to know that that's the kind of God that we serve. And he has done these things before. He is a specialist in removing Burdens and shattering and grinding to fine powder uh, these yokes and having that powder blown away, and it can never be reconstituted again. Praise the Lord. I see you coming into levels of financial freedom for the glory of God. And I see you prospering unlike any uh, uh, element of prosperity that you've ever had before. Praise God. Amen. And you will be very very, uh, a very, very effective tool in the hands of the Lord as a worker in his end time army, whatever that position is, whether it's uh, some things in ministry or whether it's business or whether it's medical or scientific or educational, whatever it might be, God's going to bless you. But my friends, please today do not toy with your great destiny. Honor the Lord with the tithe that belongs to him. Don't play around with your destiny when there's so much riding on it and it's so beautiful and priceless. Don't set yourself back trying to reinvent the wheel, wondering, well, I I don't know if I should really do this or not. No, honor the Lord. 
and you'll see God's power touch your life. And I believe that you can see debt stricken and wiped out. I believe you can see all of them gone. Praise the Lord. I'm not talking about working three jobs and working 90 hours a week and having your marriage fall apart and your spiritual walk with God fall apart because you're over here trying to do all this. No, I'm talking about living right, honoring God, following his principles and watch God intervene with debt removing yoke destroying power. Praise God. God can obliterate all of your debts within 24 hours. Now, right now, shout, I receive it in Jesus name. Woo! Woo! Praise God. I know I'm going to hear some very miraculous testimonies. Praise the Lord. Now, let's do our part. Let's honor the Lord now and bring the tithe and the offering into the storehouse of the Lord. For those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, please mail them to Stephen Brooks International. P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. I'm talking very slowly just for a moment because God's speaking to me at the same time, and I'm smelling fresh fish, and that means new life. Uh, the, the, the symbol of the fish was an early Christian symbol amongst the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem, and they would often draw that symbol maybe on the ground while they were talking because you didn't know who was a Christian or who was a betrayer and who's going to inform on you to the government or whatever it might be. So that that was the symbol of the new life. And I'm smelling fresh fish right now. And I see new financial life for you. God's going to do a miracle for many. Praise God. Mm -mm. Now, those of you that prefer to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so literally from anywhere in the world. You can do it daytime or nighttime. Whenever you want, just go to the website of the ministry, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage. There's a red heart. It says give. You can click there. You can bring your tithe in right there. Now, we also have an orange banner that says projects. And we have some projects that we're focused on. Uh, for example, if you want to give into the Pure Gold Television Ministry, you can click that projects link. It'll take you right there. Did you know that three times a week we are broadcasting the gospel all over uh, the southern part of Israel? I've been told it even reaches uh, over Jordan into the uh, over the Jordan River into Jordan. But we're we're broadcasting from Bethlehem Sunday morning, Sunday night, and also on Monday uh, with the Pure Gold uh, program. So anytime you are supporting our our ministry, and the, uh, particularly the television program of Pure Gold, it's reaching many, many Jewish people. It's also reaching, praise the Lord, many, many Arab people, which is very exciting as well. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. And, uh, of course, we are uh, worldwide, you know, on God TV and other networks, World Harvest Television and so forth. But thank you for partnering with us, standing with us as we're continuing to spread uh God's good news around the world. And that's why, my friends, we understand. That's why God wants us to be free. So we are not burdened or enslaved to a financial system, but we are free. And we can direct more finances God's way because we're free. And we're just walking in the goodness of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, Heavenly Father, bless your people. 
They're honoring you with the tithe. I thank you for a fresh rain of ideas. I thank you, Father God, they're givers. I thank you for their support. The various projects we work on, particularly the Pure Gold Television Ministry. And uh, Father, I thank you for the fresh fish that I was smelling. I thank you for new financial life for many. New financial life for many. And also with that fresh fish, there's going to be multiplication. There's going to be a multiplication anointing upon your giving, upon the seed that you sow. Amen. And you are going to see increase that you have never experienced anything like it before in your life. Get ready. Get ready and just walk with the Lord because it's already, these are things that God has pre-planned for you to step into. This is your time. Amen. This is your harvest moment. But I really sense that with the fresh fish, um, a fresh financial blessing and great multiplication upon the fish, upon uh, your provision that God's flowing into you. Again, let's raise our hands. Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My friends, today I want to talk about implementing wisdom into your prayer life. We're going to cover some things new from a different angle today. would like for you to pay uh, careful attention. And I think for some of you especially, you're going to make a few tweaks uh, uh, that are going to help you um, get over some humps once and for all, okay? Let's talk about it today. We're going to be in the book of James, chapter 1. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word to study it, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come, help us to understand your word, your ways, your kingdom. Let him turn on the light within our understanding. We thank you, O God, for allowing us to see it and to walk in it. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say, Amen. All right. James chapter 1, let's begin in verse 2. Let me grab a drink of hot tea real quick. Praise God. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing, and it's good to know this, there is a purpose. In other words, let's be aware of this. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect. Sometimes that translation says mature, perfect, mature, and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, of course, anytime we're asking something of God, that merges the conversation into prayer. So you're, you're actually asking through prayer. And James understood that. I just wanted to pull that out. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. And let's understand that anything that we're going to receive from God that's available for us sitting on the heavenly shelf, you know, we go into a heaven store. What do you need? Okay, I need some commodities or provision. Okay, anything that you need, you're going to take it and receive it. How? By faith. And so it's no different here. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, verse 6, but let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And we might like to, I, I, don't, I just don't like things being tossed around. Maybe my salad, but that's about it. Okay, so we want a stable, peaceful, uh, smooth life. Praise God. And so we encounter these trials and these various things. We need to implement wisdom into our prayer life. 
Praise God. Mm. Let me begin today by saying there is no situation, even if somebody thinks they have one, there is still no situation that God does not have wisdom for. Woo! He's got wisdom for it. Let's tie into it. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want us today to go to Proverbs chapter 8. We're going to read for a few minutes from verse 4. I want to read this from the uh, Passion Translation. I found it very helpful. And uh, let's take a look at this today from the Passion Translation. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 4. I'm just going to read a few scriptures. Please listen along. I'm calling to you. This is wisdom speaking. I'm calling to you, sons of Adam. Yes, and to you, daughters, as well. Listen to me, and you will be prudent and wise. For even the foolish and feeble can receive an understanding heart that will change their inner being. The meaning of my words will release within you revelation for you to reign in life. Mm. My lyrics will empower you to live by what is right. For everything I say is unquestionably true, and I refuse to endure the lies of lawlessness. My words will never lead you astray. All the declarations of my mouth can be trusted. They contain no twisted logic or perversion of the truth. All my words are clear and straightforward to everyone who possesses spiritual understanding. If you have an open mind, you will receive revelation knowledge. Verse 10, my wise correction is more valuable than silver or gold. The finest gold is nothing to be compared to the revelation knowledge I can impart. Wisdom is so priceless that exceeds that it, that it exceeds the value of any jewel. Nothing you could wish for can equal her. For I am wisdom, and I am shrewd and intelligent. My friends, is that not what we need in the church? <laughs> don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand, but how many stupid Christians do you know? Wow. And we're not trying to identify or classify somebody as stupid, but my goodness, do we not need shrewdness and intelligence in the church of the living God? I sat in my office one day, and one of my church members came in some years back, Pastor Stephen, I just got a new job. Praise the Lord. She just got a new job in town, somewhere in town. I said, well, sister, bless the Lord. Praise God. You got yourself a new job. Yeah, I sure did. She sat down in the chair across from my desk. She was all happy, bubbling and bright. I said, well, how much are they going to pay you an hour? Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, that's a good question. I never asked them that. <laughs> Now you're thinking, no, Pastor Stephen, no, people like that don't exist, do they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they exist all over the church. And she had actually taken a job and somehow gotten hired, and she didn't even know how much the job paid. She never asked. Now, I'm actually surprised also that they didn't tell her. <laughs> But even if they don't tell, tell you, which is, I've never even heard that one before, wouldn't you want to know? Obviously, some don't. Okay. For I am wisdom, and I am shrewd and intelligent. I have at my disposal living understanding to devise a plan for your life. 
Wisdom pours into you when you begin to hate every form of evil in your life. For that's what worship and fearing God is all about. Then you will discover that your pompous pride and perverse speech are the very ways of wickedness that I hate. Verse 14, you will find true success when you find me, for I have insight into wise plans that are designed just for you. Mm. I hold in my hands living understanding, courage, and strength. I empower kings to reign and rulers to make laws that are just. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, my friends, what we want to do is because wisdom is so valuable, priceless, really, is that we want to pray for wisdom in every situation, particularly uh, what would be like a trial-like situation that we were seeing there in the book of James chapter 1. So we need this wisdom in our prayer life. Praise God. Now, let's go a little bit further, because I don't want to just talk about the subject uh, like in a generic form of the subject of prayer, but I want us to bring together prayer and wisdom. Here's why some of the most wonderful saints that I've known that have had strong prayer lives, as we would say, sometimes the praying grandmothers or the spiritual mothers in Israel who pray up a storm and, uh, have the hotline with God but yet they themselves can really, really be defeated in some personal areas of their life, such as finances or whatever the case might be. And they can keep praying about maybe those problems, but those problems don't go away. Now, if you get them over here on the area of praying, you know, for souls for the kingdom and praying for the nation and stuff like that, there's like a fire. Okay. But in this other area where we need wisdom, um, it's like the two aren't blending together. I remember listening to a very, very anointed minister. He talked about the time he went to Kenya to preach. And when he was in Kenya preaching, those other ministers who were missionaries who were in the same denomination that he was from, those missionaries in Kenya did not like his preaching because he was preaching that God wants you blessed, that God can help you to prosper. God can help you get a good job and one day be, you know, own your own home and, uh, and that God wants you to be successful. And it actually infuriated those missionaries who were kind of basically had a poverty mindset. So this minister finished his ministry there in Kenya and got on the international jet to fly all the way back to America. And I've been to East Africa. It's a long flight. And of course you have plenty of time to think on the airplane. So he was flying back and he was, he was praying and he was like, Lord, I don't understand this. He said, these missionaries in, in Kenya, they say that, you know, it's not good to have money, but yet when they go on their furlough, they come back to America and all they do is go around and beg and ask for money. <laughs> so it's a contradiction, the very thing that they're stating. But he said, Lord, I don't understand it because they still don't have any money hardly. And he said, even my father who prayed every day from four to 10 hours a day, he's never had any money either. So this, this minister said on the airplane as he's flying, Lord, could you explain this to me? How come so many 
good ministers uh, can preach and can pray a whole lot, but they don't have any money. And he said, the Lord spoke to him. And this is what Jesus said. He said, there are two parts of the gospel. Please listen. Some of you still don't know this yet. You've been in the church for 40 years. He said, Jesus told him, there are two parts of the gospel. There is the part of the gospel that creates your peace. There's the part of the gospel that creates your peace. That's what Jesus does, right? You get saved and peace comes into your heart. You love God. You love your brother and sister. You even love those that hate you. And you, you know you're on your way to heaven. So you have peace with God. Amen. So there's the part of the gospel that creates your peace. And that's what most of the church knows about. Okay. But there's two parts. There's the part that creates your peace, but there are the principles that create your prosperity. And if you don't know that, you can love Jesus and pray for hours every day and pray even about your problems or trials and the trials don't go away. Why? Because you know the person and you love the person. So you have peace with God, but you don't know the principles. And if you don't know the principles of the kingdom, then you can't get into the prosperity that that can lead you into. So here is our challenge. We come out of the kingdom of darkness. We come out from under the dominion and control of Satan because we were spiritually dead. You, we have been born again. We are transferred as Paul, the apostle said in the book of Colossians from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son, the kingdom of light. But every kingdom has a king and every king issues rules, decrees, and laws. And when you come into that new kingdom, you have to understand how this kingdom operates. When you go to the kingdom of Singapore, they take your passport, stamp your passport, and they put a little piece of paper into your passport. And of course you have to sign the piece of paper and you're never allowed to take the piece of paper out of your passport. Pastor Stephen, what does it say? Does it say, welcome to Singapore? Uh, no, they'll give you a nice welcome when you get there, but they stamp your passport, put that piece of paper in the piece of paper says, if you deal drugs, sell or push drugs, or like, in other words, if you're coming in here and you're going to deal drugs, execution, you will be killed. There's the death penalty. They do not tolerate it. There is no long prison term. There is no long trial. There is a super fast trial. You are convicted and you're put to death. Same way in China. There is a zero tolerance of drug trafficking. By the way, our nation has a fentanyl problem. Our nation has a narcotic overload problem with kids and young people, even adults just addicted to drugs, out of their minds, on streets, homeless tied up to these drugs. Oh, there's a way to fix that overnight. If you implement some different kingdom protocol, Singapore does. And guess what? There's no drug dealers. There's no drugs, no drugs. Mm -mm. Now there's a slight little, cause look, you've always got an idiot <laughs> who doesn't know uh, or understand the gravity. If I do this, I'm going to, I'm going to get killed there. So there's always maybe one or two. Sure. They're going to get killed. They're going to get caught. They're going to be done away with. But see my friends, what I'm trying to say back to the kingdom of the Lord, there's two 
parts of the gospel. There's the part of Jesus that creates your peace. But there are the principles of Jesus that create your prosperity. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'm not just talking about praying. Because there's a lot of people praying. And that's good. Yes. And you'll, you'll get the anointing and you'll feel peace. But if we want to get if, over these trials and in this trial and deal with these things, then we have to pray with wisdom. So when you pray to a certain extent and, you've, and you're, you're inquiring God of wisdom, then what happens, you pray to a certain extent and light is now going to be, it's going to come on. I'm telling you, if you ask God for wisdom and faith and now you're praying um, and you keep praying, that light, some form of illumination is going to take place that is divine and it will produce a lifting and you'll get up off your knees and you're going to know what to do now. Hmm. What is wisdom? Well, it's, it's so amazing that it's, uh, it's hard to give it one simple definition. One of my favorite definitions is the ability to discern difference, the difference in people, the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. Mm, okay. But if we want to maybe get the lowest common denominator definition of wisdom, which would be a definition that anybody can work with and understand, then let's go with this one. Wisdom is the, is the ability to divinely know what to do in every situation. Because trust me, God would, God would. If you stepped out of your clothes, out of your shoes and said, Jesus, jump in there and for 24 hours, take my place and do everything for me. But you do it based upon what you know and what you can do and everything that's in you, all that wisdom in you go for it. What do you think Jesus would do? Would he push the stupid button? <laughs> would he do the same thing that that person did to get in the mess in the first place? Oops, sorry, slip, my bad. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to do that. Well, we're back in the same old mess again. <laughs> no, 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 no. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Mm. So when you pray, the light would come on. The light would come on. The light will come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Tough situations. Let me say this. Don't ever panic. Don't ever panic. And I, look, I'm not exempt. I felt these things try to hit me too in, in various times of my life, just like we all do. But don't panic. Pray. Pray. And ask God for wisdom. So while you're praying, ask God for wisdom. I had a young man call me just this past week. I wouldn't say he's panicking, but he was right on the edge because he didn't know what to do. And he said, he said, this is my only option. He said, I'm going to do this. I said, don't do that. Why? How, how can you be so exact, Pastor Stephen, with a response like that? Because what he was about to do runs totally opposite to a kingdom principle. And you don't break these things. These, these are like biblical commandments and guidelines. And if you do something opposite of that, you have entered the stupid zone. And he was about to make a mistake. And he's young. Bless his heart. There's mercy and grace. But he didn't know. He doesn't see anything else that there's any other option. I said, don't do that. I said, hold steady. I said, you don't need, you don't need an escape until a few hours later. He, I said, stop what you're doing. Let's think. I said, be calm. Let's think. I said, I'm going to call you back in just a few minutes. We hung up. I shared it with Kelly. We talked. She said, I wonder if he's tried 
this option. So she texted it to him. Have you tried this? You could do this. And he was with some other people. And when he read that text message, somebody responded, said, oh, that will never work. That'll never work. But he looked at the text message and kept thinking about it. And he said, no, wait a minute. I haven't tried that. And he went and looked. And would you believe that was his door out? <laughs> yeah, of course it was. Praise God. Why? Why? Because sometimes it's not like, oh, God, do a miracle. Now, he does do those at times. But other times it's like, let's not just pray. Let's pray and get wisdom, God's wisdom, because I'm telling you, there is a way forward. You can't ever trap God. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Okay, so there is a way out. And what do we need to do in this situation? And you know what? He did it. Boom. It's over with. Just like that. Boom. The whole situation that he thought, oh, 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 it's over. It's done. No problem. All peaceful. All good. It's like a storm that just instantly stopped. <laughs> Woo. And you'll never get that from reading National Geographic or Time Magazine, or People Magazine, or any of that other baloney that's out there. Look, 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 this is it. Mm -mm. And when you put this in, and you pray, and you're inquiring of wisdom, what's in you, and what's here, will begin to bubble up, mm -mm. and the light goes on. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me say this, that many of these tests are only designed, they're only designed, and they're only allowed take place in your life to make you stronger and for God to prove to you also, this is one of the reasons why is for God to prove to you that there is always a way out of any problem through his wisdom. And eventually you catch on, not that we're inviting trials. We don't want that. We want to try to go straight, not make mistakes. But even when you are on course, things pop up. Okay. And, uh, challenges arise but you will begin to understand after a while, okay, this is a pretty good challenge, but I already know in advance, God can solve this. So there is a solution. So let's pray. Oh, but, but okay. But let's not just randomly pray, right? Oh, we are praying. We're praying. No, let's pray and inquire of God with wisdom and mix prayer and wisdom together. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. From now until this year is complete. I would like for you to make a good, a good push in that area of coming before the Lord, not necessarily asking him to change perhaps a situation, although you may want something changed, but I would like for you to make the push into the area of wisdom, because it could be that God wants you to know something that you don't know. And as soon as you know it, oh, the, the situation now begins to uh, fix itself. Praise the Lord. Now, what I see regularly in this area is that I, uh, and also it's in the same flow. I see Christians, they'll have a trial. They'll have a challenge, but they start praying and they're praying to God. They're really praying. Maybe they're praying strong and on fire and stuff like that. And they're, they're, they're actually asking God to maybe remove the situation or to resolve the situation or you know how it is Lord get this let me get this over with and get out of this situation when actually we should have a different focus which is we should be praying we should be praying for wisdom so let me let me encourage you and I have to do the same thing that 
when we're in prayer, we have to watch ourselves that our prayer doesn't start like going in a direction where we're trying to compel God or get God to do something for us to perhaps terminate the trial. When instead we should be focusing on God. There's something here that I don't know yet. So give me light, give me wisdom. I'm going to keep on praying, but see if you don't bring the wisdom element in, you can like just, Oh, I'm going to pray in tongues for three hours. And that's good. You're going to get charged up and you're going to, you're going to get some uh, lift on that. There's no question about that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that if you're not asking for wisdom, that you're going to get the answer. So I want you to incorporate with the focus for the remainder of this year, the implementation of wisdom into your prayer life. Praise God. Mm. Because let's, let's take about an example for a moment. You could get into something that let's say a business partnership. You love the Lord. You're saved. You're filled with the Holy spirit. And maybe you meet somebody in church and they, they, they of course say they love the Lord too. Right. And uh, maybe you talk about something you both have an interest in and you go into partnership together, but you get into the partnership and you're all committed and you're dialed into it. But a trial pops up and suddenly uh, they're kind of like, now they're all shaky and maybe they're not sure. And they're now their, their true colors come forth. Now you see they're all in unbelief and frantic mode and stuff like that. And maybe they're wanting to get out of the deal or maybe they're wanting to sue you. Who knows? <laughs> because you got into something that maybe you thought it was a, a God idea, but really it was, it was just a human idea. And now it's turned into a really like nightmare type situation. And so you, I can understand a person saying, Oh God, whoa, Oh God, resolve this. We got a real mess here. Oh God, fix this. And we can be trying to leverage God to like move and do something, but we're not asking for wisdom. And that is where the problem is. In other words, like coming before God, God, give me wisdom. Okay. And then wisdom begins to descend. Your understanding begins to get a hold of, God's way of thinking and you're and then, and then you see, uh Oh Lord, let me just backtrack here because I should never be in this mess in the first place. I should have, I should have just had kept that friendship with that person. I should have never come into a business agreement with them. They're obviously not committed the way I am or whatever the case might be. So Lord, first of all, I need to repent. Okay. And that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is being real and being honest and walking in light. And that's why Trials don't end for some people, but yet they'll keep on praying. And then they're going to quote 30 scriptures to God as if he doesn't know what he said or wrote. And they're trying to bend his arm to get him to do something. <laughs> and, uh, but the problem is, is that God's not intervening. He's not stepping in. Okay. Then we need to do more prayer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do some more prayer, but but go heavy, go real heavy on the, on the wisdom. God, I'm going to pray, but Lord, I don't, I don't think I need to pray another eight hours. Uh, Lord, give me some wisdom. <laughs> Woo. Praise God. Mm. So God wants to change the situation. He wants to take us through the trial, but primarily though, he wants to change us. But he knows we're not going to change until wisdom is 
received into our hearts. Praise God. Lest, lest God terminate the trial, we get through it. We're jumping all up and down, and then two months later, we're back in the same thing again. Now, it's a different scenario, maybe tangled up with a different group or a different person or a different place, but you're right back in another thing again, and you're trapped again. That's why God wants us to pray and inquire of him in wisdom so that these traps are eliminated permanently. And we've gotten too smart to ever walk into that baited trap ever again. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. In other words, if God just were to answer our prayers of desperation and he would answer them over and over for us, then we'll just get back in the same types of problems over and over again. Why? We're not keying in on his wisdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, Proverbs chapter 11, here's an example. Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall or get into a mess or get into something, get tangled up into something they never should have been in or whatever the case might be. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. In other words, if you'd have got counsel, if you'd have had walked in with, remember, this is Proverbs, wise sayings to live a successful life. So one of these sayings is inquire the opinion of other trusted advisors. Men, why would you do something when your wife is adamantly opposed to it because something about it is troubling her? Well, I'm the head of the house around here, Pastor Stephen. Ain't no woman going to tell me what to do. You're a fool then. You're just, you're going to walk head first right into a mess. You should have advisors around you. And I would certainly recommend your inner circle with, with your spouse. <laughs> because if something is really disturbing them about something you're about to do, you really should put the brakes on. Well, I'm very passionate, Pastor Stephen, about this. Maybe so. And maybe it's of God, but maybe the timing's wrong. Uh, maybe the, um, the connections are wrong or something like that. It could be that you did catch the clear vision, but it's, it's maybe something, something else is off. And so that's why you need good advisors, good people that have knowledge, particularly even in those areas that can speak to you and help you because we all have two eyes that look this way. So we don't have eyes going back that way. <laughs> Okay, but others can see things. We all have different life experiences. So if you have wise people, okay, not, not people that don't care, okay, but wise people that want to do well and are serious, okay, about uh, wanting to move ahead. Because you've always got those that don't care about, oh, whatever happens, we're happy. Okay, you're not on my advisory committee. I want people that are serious about uh, getting after it and doing good in life. Okay, so when you get counsel and advice from a team like that, you can receive it and it keeps you on the course, keeps you moving forward steady. Praise the Lord. So that's one of the things you can be in prayer and the Lord says, well, um, you need to listen to what so-and-so has said to you already about this. Mm, take it to heart. Take it to heart. Praise God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, we saw in James one, that we are instructed that if we lack wisdom, in other words, if we lack wisdom, 
that would basically be like saying, Lord, I'm in a place I don't know what to do. Okay, so if you're in a place and you don't know what to do, then that would be a lack of wisdom. And so we need to pray and ask God for wisdom and mix our prayers with wisdom. Now, I want to go back just for a moment to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Proverbs 8, verse 14. It says, you will find true success when you find me. That's wisdom speaking, uh, personified as a person. Okay? You will find true success when you find me. For I have insight into wise plans that are designed, catch this, that are designed just for you. Praise God. So there are wisdom plans that are designed literally by God himself for who? You. They're tailor designed and made for you exclusively. Mm -mm. In other words, you could say that this is a specialized wisdom plan that God has for your life. Now, I love good testimonies, and giving testimonies are encouraged in the Word of God, whether it's a testimony in song or uh, a verbal statement of how God delivered you or brought you out. But here's something you, you need to understand. You can hear testimony of how God did a wonder and a miracle and perhaps delivered or brought out of some form of difficult trial, uh, brother Mike or sister Susie or uh, brother Charles or sister Sally. And you think, Oh, ooh, yes, that's powerful. God did it. God's going to do it for me. Yes. Now watch this. God's going to do it for you, but it will probably be completely different from the way that he did for Charles or Mike or Sally or Susie or whoever gave their miraculous testimony. Mm. Why? Because this is wisdom tailor made for you. That plan, that wisdom plan is just for you. So God has a way out for you. God has a way forward for you, but don't think it's going to be like somebody else's that you know. And so I love testimonies. I love hearing good things, but I also know that God has done things, many things for me that were very, um, I, I would even use the word unorthodox and others might even think, oh, that's kind of unusual. Yeah, I'd be the first to admit it was, but it was, first of all, it's godly, it's ethical, it's legal, but that's the route God took me, and it walked me right out into an open place of freedom. <laughs> and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even try to take somebody down that path because it worked for me. Now, when my, my wife and I have gone down certain paths that, uh, that God has done something special through, it's because we had faith in that area and we knew God was also leading us in that area. That's the main thing. And for us, it worked. And if somebody tried to replicate that, uh, it's probably not going to happen. I, I would say probably 99%. That's not going to happen. So you have to go the route God has for you, but it, it's there and it will work for you and you'll have your testimony. And when you share your testimony, trust me, there'll be others that'll sit back and think, Wow, that was, that was pretty crazy. Why? Because yours also will have that, that taste of exclusivity to it. And so that's why you don't want to, you don't want to like get into the nitty gritty details too much. Well, how did God actually do it? Now tell me, okay, so maybe some oversight, but there's a point where you don't really know, you know all of it because it's going to be different for you. 
It's going to be different for you. And God has a way to the top for you. But that way, that way will require you to walk in faith and it will require you to pray and walk in the wisdom of God. And you will get there. You will get there. It's an exclusive plan, tailored, designed, and made just for you. God's got a million ways to get you there. And uh, let me be more accurate. He's got billions of ways to get you there. He would have to. There's over 8 billion people on the planet right now. God has a plan for every person. That plan is unveiled through Christ, by being in Christ and walking it out. But uh, it, it's there for everybody. It's pre-planned, pre-made, even before the earth was created. But this is how you get into it and walk in it. So even with billions of potential routes, he's got one just for you. So follow that with prayer and wisdom. And you're going to go straight to the top. You're going to go to the top. Praise God. So pray. Watch this. Pray, but pray wisely. You see what I'm saying? Pray. But don't just spin your wheels. Pray, but pray wisely. Ask God for wisdom. Believe that He has given it to you when you ask. And watch. Watch it bubble up. And it can also bubble up in a way where you're alert. Your senses are heightened. And somebody might say something. Or somebody might know somebody. And they say, you know, so-and-so. And you think, oh, I, that's the connection I need. That's, that person has the knowledge. or That's what I'm looking for. Uh, and, uh, and so it's a response, uh, uh, an alertness, or I would say illumination that you wouldn't typically normally have. Let me say that, let me conclude by saying this, Jesus never had a problem that he couldn't solve or he couldn't handle. He never did. He never had a problem, even with all the problems he had, people wanting to kill him, People wanting to stone him. People wanting to throw him off of a cliff. Uh, uh, disciples getting in quarrels and arguments. And Jesus have to deal with employee problems. And just on and on it went. Yet, he never had a problem that he could not handle, could not deal with, could not overcome, could not solve. And today, I see that same anointing of the anointed one coming on you. Praise God. And I believe your prayer life is going to have a new dimension of wisdom and you're going to go quickly to the place that God has for you directly. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord with, uh, with great courage. And I, I see, I see just worry and fear leaving you even see, see, see when you pray and get into this wisdom, Prayer and wisdom causes this worry and fear to evaporate. Even, watch this, when the situation hasn't changed yet. Even when it hasn't changed yet. That's okay. Because you're infused with courage and strength when prayer and wisdom collide. I can, I can show that to you. That's actually in that same chapter. Proverbs chapter 8. And that would be verse 14. You will find true success when you find me. For I have insight into wise plans that are designed just for you. I hold in my hands living understanding, courage, and strength. So whenever you get into those wisdom plans, 
Okay, that prayer flow with wisdom plans, you also now connect with what? Courage and strength. Bye-bye worry. Bye-bye fear. Goodbye anxiety. Now you're strong. Now you're trusting God. And now also the situation begins to change. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray a new anointing of wisdom touch your people today as they pray. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would remind them, ask for wisdom, ask for wisdom in these specific areas. And I thank you, Father God, I see your people leaping ahead, moving ahead with strength, courage, confidence, and a whole lot of joy, a whole lot of joy. It's going to get a, it's going to get a lot of fun in you, oh God. So Father, we thank you in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Drummers, I'm talking about those that play the drums. Drummers that are really good, they have a statement that they make that uh, after, you, you know, when, after years and years of playing, when you're really good, and maybe you're like in a praise and worship session or you're pray, playing or something like that, they call it in the zone. I know they use that in sports. But for drummers, it's like uh, you're in that zone, and you can just stay in it. When you're in that flow, you can just stay in it. Everything's real precise and crisp and everything's real tight and everything's the way that it's supposed to be. And I just was getting that in my spirit. I see you like in your zone, really just really dialed in. Everything's spot on, spot on. And that's what a drummer is doing. They're keeping, they're the timekeeper for the whole band. Okay. So you're, you're just on time. You're on time. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, God's Son, as your Savior, you can know Him right now. The timing is right for you. I want you to pray this prayer after me, a prayer to surrender your life to Jesus and to receive His eternal life. And also, I want to pray for those who at one time walked with God, but for whatever various reason, you have fallen away from God, but it's time to come back and you need to rededicate your life to Christ. I want you to pray this prayer also. Okay? Pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you right now. I give you my life. Step into my life, Jesus. Save me now. Wash my sins away with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, from this day forward, fill me with your wisdom. Fill me with your spirit. And lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the peace zone. Hallelujah. Welcome to the blessing zone. Glory to God. Welcome to the love zone. <laughs> Woo! Let's take Holy Communion. If you're a Christian, if you confess Jesus is your Lord and Savior, let's take communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. Get a little wafer. Get a little cracker. Grab some, a little piece of bread, whatever you've got. Grab some grape juice. That's what I've got in this nice cup here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We celebrate Jesus, the fact that he died for us, 
and was resurrected and ascended into heaven so that he could redeem us back to you. Father, we pray and bless this, and we set this apart now as being holy. This is now the flesh and blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you for deliverance from being lost in the fog and not knowing what to do to now being in a place of strength and courage and wisdom and not only being stabilized ourselves, but even being able to stabilize others through wise words. Father, we receive Jesus as flesh and we give you praise. Amen. Let's partake together of the Lord's body. Praise the Lord. Father, we celebrate and thank you for the blood of Jesus. Lord, we praise you for the blood of Jesus. Father, if anybody has sinned against us or done us wrong, we forgive them completely. We release them and let them go. We hold no ill will against them at all. We love them and bless them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all sin, all unrighteousness. And we thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus being applied to our minds, our understandings. We thank you, Father God, for wise decisions and always knowing what to do. We thank you that as we pray and trust you for wisdom, we thank you it's coming fast and quick. We give you all of the praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit's really moving right now. Really moving. Praise God. Some people are actually being delivered right now. There are those that have been bound by evil spirits. They are loosing you. They are leaving. They're actually being driven out by the anointing right now. I can see them leaving, coming off. They're coming out of your back and going out, out of your back, out of your upper back and upper shoulders. They're leaving. They're leaving completely. They'll never come back. Praise God. You're free. You're free. You're free. See, the word is anointed. The word is anointed. And the word removes burdens, destroys yokes, and that's what's taking place right now. You're free. Somebody's had a very yucky addiction. You're free in the name of Jesus. You don't have to ever go back to it ever again. You're free. Stay free. Amen. Glory. Glory. That chapter of your life is closed. You're free. It's under the blood of Christ. You're free. Now, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Somebody, the fog, it's like your, your mind has been in a fog. It's lifting off of you right now. Depression It's lifting off of you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Jesus, we give you all of the praise. Miracle worker. Miracle worker. Father, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We celebrate you. We celebrate your book, your words, your spirit. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe in this atmosphere. So just hang out a little bit with the Lord and praise Him, worshiping. 
the Lord will cause wisdom to come upon your understanding. See, they're going to bubble up or to come down like rain. Amen. Father, we give you praise. We thank you. Trials are ending. Problems are being solved. The way forward is being revealed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then, have a great week. Bye-bye.